Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Afyomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom and I'm Masachet Brachot Afnamed Chet Amud Bet at the bottom of the Amud. Amada Rabbi Yumiel Rabbi Zera. Rabbi Yochanan Varchal Zayit Maliach. In the previous discussion, we invoked a story about Rabbi Yochanan making a bracha on a salted olive, which were treating like a cooked olive or boiled olive, and uh, that determined what the bracha was on Shlakot. But the point was he made a bracha before and after. Once you take out the pit, which of course he doesn't eat, it's less than a kazite by definition. He said, who, th- who says you need a big olive? And this is something that the post-scheme have dealt with uh, at length, the issue of what the proper size of an olive is, the famous Shita. Um, in any case, he said, who says that we need a big shear? We need a medium one, meaning if he had a big olive and you take out the pit, you still got an, the size of medium uh, olive. Even though they took out the pit, there was still enough the size of an average or medium olive. The Gazayat is a medium one. Vizel Aguri, it's called the Zayat Aguri. Raval Aguri Shmo Ella Avrus Avruti Shmo. It's not clearly called the Aguri. La Sarm Smarusi Shmo. It has uh, has different names. But Vamalikashmo Aguri. Why do is it called Aguri Shashimno Agurbatoho? Because it has the oils kind of grouped up or massed inside. Now, name a tanoi. Perhaps this entire thing is Machlokatanaim. Two students in front of Bar Kapparas. This is Eretz Yisrael, uh, right after the death of Rebbe. So they brought them uh, different vegetables. And, uh, and he gave uh, per- permission uh, for, he directed one of them that, uh, that he should eat. Now, pargiot are meat, kind of chicken. And um and Durmaskin and Kruv are both uh, vegetables. So what happened? Kafatz Rachala Pargiot. He made the Brahan Pargiot. Liglegalav Khaviro. The other guy made fun of him. Evidently because he should have made the Bracha Bray Prihadama on the vegetables and not the Shahakol on the Pargiot. Kaspar Kapra, Bakapra got angry. I'm not angry at the guy who made the bracha. I'm angry at the guy who's making fun of them. If your buddy seems like he never had meat before, meaning he really likes this meat, what are you making fun of him? The bar changed his mind and said, I'm not angry at the guy who made fun. I'm angry at the guy who made the bracha. There's no wisdom. There's also no experience. Meaning that you should know that the bracha is on the vegetables. That's the one you should have said first. Neither of the students lived the year through. My love, That's the power of the of, uh, of his anger. What isn't the machloket between the two versions of what happened or bar before and after? The He thought they're all shakol. Therefore, I should make the bracha on the chicken, which I like more. And the guy in front of him thought, Just as I said, that the Shlakot are therefore you should make that bracha first. We all agree, Everybody thinks that Shahakol. 
Rahach, this is now going back to the one of the versions of Rabbi Yochanan, Eretz Yisrael, that we say Shakol and Shlakot. Rahach, by Svarakari they disagree with the following. That the Mevarech um, thought, I should take the Shahakol that I like most to make the bracha on that. That's the meat, the chicken. And the other, the fellow made fun of him, thought, no, you should make the bracha on, on uh, cabbage because that also is a sustainer. More appropriate to make the bracha. Alright, so we really haven't settled whether or not there really is uh, an opinion at that time in Eretz Yisrael that says Shlakot are who made all the yas, says, when I was a student of Zera's in Ravuna's, she told us, it's like heads of uh, radishes, or turnips, actually. If you cut them into big pieces, then with tiny little pieces, then I came to Rav Yehuda's Beit Midrash, that's where Rav Zera spent his main time in Bavel, doesn't matter how big or small the slice, it's very proud The reason you cut them into smaller pieces, so it should be sweeter. When I was in my Rebbe's house, he said, If you have this, this beet uh, thing that you don't put a lot of flour in it, the leaf die, if you take the one of, of the turnips, then that they put a lot of uh, flour in. The reason they put more flour into the turnip one, they do it as a binder to hold it together. This, by the way, is impact on things that we do today in which wheat is used as a binder, like in licorice, things like that. Uh, where there is a uh, seems to be a dispute about what the bracha is. Tavshil shel tradin. Tradin is like spinach. It's good for the heart. It's good for the eyes, and certainly it's good for digestion. That's if you have it sit there on the stove and it and it boils. Amrav Papa, pshitali. It's clear to me that maya desilka kasilka. Beet juice is like beets. Maya to kalifta. The same thing with uh, lafet. Maya to kulushalki kulushalki. All the waters that come out of boiled stuff are like the boiled stuff itself. If you say brepiadama <coughs> on the boiled thing, then you'd say brepiadama on the juice. Papa, Maya to shivta mai. And so he asked the question about shivta. <coughs> Which is um, a uh, it's uh, like anise or something of that sort that you put into the pot to kind of sweeten it. And took your tama avdi. Is it done? Thrown in to sweeten the pot? Or avur izuma avdi? Is it done? Really, get rid of bad smells. In which case, you wouldn't make a bracha. Toshma shevet mishinat natam bektera in ba mishum truma ve'ena matam netumat ochlin shvamim took a tama avdi la shvamina. So we learn in the Mishnah and Trumot that if you take Shevet, the same anise, and you put it into the pot and it's already put the flavor into the pot, then the anise root itself, there's no more Dean of Truma and it doesn't have Tumatochlin, which means its taste is the main factor. Once the taste is out, it itself is nothing. So you see that it's used for taste, not to get rid of smell, uh, not to get rid of bad, a bad taste, but to put a sweet taste in, and therefore it really is Ochel. If you have some bread that's sitting in the pot, uh, it's kind of uh, constricted or down, that you still want to make a He says that you have to make the bracha and finish the bracha as you tear open the pot. And this one was already opened up. 
So you're telling me that when you have patsnuma, which is a slice, you can't do it because the bracha finishes with a slice. So when you slice open bread, when you're finished, it's on the it's on the prusa. So what's the deen with regular bread? You make the bracha, then you cut it open. So you should make the bracha and a shlema. That's why tsnuma wouldn't be good. Nahardei Avdi Krabichia. Nahardei were the, the, the survivors from Nahardea who made their own row in the Yeshiva and Pumbadita. They followed Rabichia. For Rabban and Avdi Karava, they did like Rava where they made the bracha first then cut it open. Ravina Amrali aims, my mother told me, Avuch Avid Krabichia. Your father followed Rabichia to first cut it open then make the bracha. Rabichia, Tsukhtichla bracha imapat. For Rabban and Avdi Karava, but the students all do like Rava. That is the halacha. You make the bracha and then you cut it open. Let's say they brought some crumbs or pieces and whole breads. Ravuna surprisingly says you make the bracha and the ptitin, and that exempts the shleimin. Ideal to make the bracha and the shleimat. But let's say you have a slice of wheat bread and a whole barley bread. Everybody agrees you make the bracha on the wheat slice to exempt the barley. Because wheat is preferable. It's also first in the pasuk. This follows whether shalem is the critical feature or something else. Tormin batzal katan shalem v'lo chatsi batzal gadol. This is in the context of tormin mene You want to give the best thing to the coin. So he says, if you have a small onion or a big onion, a big onion is preferable. Better to give a full small onion than a cut up half a uh, big onion. So the idea is shalem is good. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, loki ala chatsi batzal gadol. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees and says, give the bigger one, even half of it. My isn't it that Rabbi Yudah says the more important it is, the more significant it is, that's better, and the other one holds that it has to be Shalem. So the answer is no. That's, that's not what the Machlokot is. If the coin's standing there, we all agree, give them the best one, the cut up big onion. They disagree when the coin's not around and you're going to preserve it. If the coin's there, you give them the best thing. If he's not there, then you keep the one that's going to be preserved. He says you always give the nicest one, even if the coin's not there. And therefore, Rabbi Yehuda says you always give the the uh, big onion that's uh, half an onion. We have a rabbi who's here. Shemaim he does both. Manu Marbre Dravina Marbre Meniach Prusa Betochash Demavotzea. What does he do if he has a Prusa of Chita? And a full uh, barley bread. Remember, they, their breads were like lafar, like pita. So you'd put the uh, the uh, piece of the wheat bread inside the full barley bread and make the bracha together. That's the way it should be done. So he asked the Tana, "What's your name?" Shalman. Okay. Your name is a good name. You are should be in peace. And your Mishnah should be complete. You put peace between us, you resolved our, dis- our dis- uh, disagreement. Papa says, this is all a 
So we all agree that when it comes to Pesach, you take the broken piece and put it inside the complete piece and make the bracha because there it has to be poor man's bread and poor man's bread is a slice, uh, not a whole bread. And so therefore, it's ideal to make the bracha that way. Okay, so now, Amar Abiyaba, that's why, by the way, we have two or three, depending who you follow, uh, loaves at the table. According to Tosfot, you need Lecha Mishnah anyways. And so therefore, you have to add a poor man's bread, and so therefore you have two and a broken one. The Rambam and the Rif Shita that the Gon holds is that you should have only two pieces, except when Pesach is on Friday night, you should have two pieces, one of them broken and one of them complete, and that way you have Prusah Batok Shlema, and you have Lachamoni. On Shabbat you have to, we both say, on two full loaves. Because what they received on Friday for Shabbat was Lachem Mishnah, it's a Zecher Laman. I saw that Rav Kahana, who was Rav Ashi's Rebbe, would take two loaves, but only cut one open. Rav Zerah would cut open all the breads that were there. It looks like he's being a little piggish. Since he doesn't do it every day, he does it today. But he recognizes for Shabbat, not for his own appetite. So when they would be uh, sitting and uh, where they studied, and the bread that was used for the Eruv would come to them, they'd make that one the one that they made the brachan. It was used for one mitzvah, let's use it for another mitzvah. So now we're going to take a little bit of a tangent into the issue of making an interruption between hamotzi and eating. If you make a motzi and then you say, here, take this bread and eat it, then you, that's not an interruption. But if you say, after a motzi, you say, give me some salt or some something to put on the bread, then that's an interruption. Even that's not an interruption because it's for the purpose of the bread. God will atari, God will atari, but after, after you make hamotzi, before you ate the bread, you said, go mix up the food for the animals, that's an interruption. Even that's not an interruption. You're not allowed to sit down and eat before you fed your animals. So you sat down, you prepared your meal, you washed your hands, you made hamotzi, and suddenly you realized you didn't feed the animals, and you immediately say, go feed the animals, that's not an interruption. What's the proof text? God says, I'll put grass in the field for your animals. And then then you eat. The fellow making hamotzi should not make hamotzi and break open the bread until they've brought some food before everyone, or salt, that they can put the bread in. They gave him bread and he made a motzi right away. You changed your mind? said, the bread here is very sweet. It doesn't need anything on it. In other words, the only reason that we have to put something on the bread is the bread is very bland or perhaps even tastes bad. And therefore we want to put something on it so that it tastes good. We made a brach on it. But this bread is so good, you don't have to do that. The only way to... Uh, Make sure that uh, Meraglayim have uh, stopped, meaning you're finished with them, is to be seated. The only reason it's here again is Rabbi Rashmuel, according to Rabbi Chia, is a relatively 
rare trading sequence. If you have soft earth, then even if you're standing up, if you don't have soft earth, stand on a high place and urinate down a slope, and then you'll, you'll make sure it won't be around and won't won't uh, get your clothes dirty. Again, the same tradition. Eat salt at the end of every food. And drink water at the end of every drink. Make the last drink. You'll be in good shape. If you ate whatever you ate, but you didn't have salt, if you drank whatever you drank, and didn't drink water, during the day you should be afraid of halitosis. At night you should be afraid of croup. If you drench your food in water, meaning you drink a lot of water after your meal, you won't have any digestive problems. One full uh, jug of water for uh, a bread. A bread is a full bread. If you have lentils once every 30 days, you will keep uh, the croup away. But not every day. It's bad for bad breath. Mustard seed every 30 days. You'll keep all sorts of diseases away. Again, not every day. It's bad for the heart. If you eat little fish, you won't have digestive problems. They, they uh, increase your fertility and they heal your whole body. They're really the best thing. If somebody eats ketzach, which is a particular kind of a root, then he won't have any um, um, any kind of uh, disease, uh, heart disease. He says, Katzach is like one sixtieth of death. And somebody who sleeps on the east side of his, uh, of his Goren, is taking his life into his hands. The smell is bad for you, but the taste is helpful. So Yirmiya's mother would bake bread and she would stick some of it in it and then peel it off so he'd have a little bit of the taste. Okay, back in the Mishra, Rabbi Yudah Omer Boreminei Deshaim. Rabbi Yudah disagreed with Tanakhama and said that the bracha has to be more specific uh, to the food. Amar Rabbi Zeri, Temer Rabbi Chanin, 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 Rabbi Papa, Ain Halachak Rabbi Yudah, we don't rule like that. Amar Rabbi Zeri, Rabbi Temer Rabbi Chanin, Rabbi Papa, Maitam Rabbi Yudah, what's his reason? Amar Kwa, Baruch Adonai Yom Yom, blessed be God every day. What do you mean? You only bless him during the day and not at night? Malacha Kol Yom Vayom Tenu Mein Berchotav, every day give him Brachot for that day. So Ryuda says, same thing, every type of thing you eat, give him brachot from that type of thing. Our way is, if we have an empty vessel, we can hold things, but if uh, it's full, it can't hold anything. God's the opposite. He gives things to people who already have them. Those who don't have them, doesn't, they, don't, they can't uh, get them. If you indeed listen to the mitzvot, 
And what is that? Meaning, if you're already listening, you'll be able to hear more. But if you're not, you won't be able to hear anything. If you listen to the old ones, you'll be able to absorb the new ones. But if you turn your heart away, then you really will not be successful and will not be able to learn. So, in other words, learning... And the way that God works is very different than material things work with, in, in God, with, with Torah and with wisdom. The more that you study, the more that you're capable of studying further and moving further ahead. Okay, and we will indeed do that and move further ahead with the next Mishnah. In the next podcast, the entire should have a wonderful day.